morning, Glory, America, Bonjour, hi, Canada. Greetings to my 400 affiliates all across the planet and listening online via HughHewitt.com, TownHallTV.com, or The Universe. That music means it's the Hillsdale Dialogue, the last radio hour of the week. It's when we go very big, very broad with Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, and occasionally, as with today, one or more additional guests. This is the beginning of a three-part series over the next three weeks. Indeed, we're actually planning ahead, something we rarely do on the Hillsdale Dialogue, and we will be replaying it on Thanksgiving of this year because it matters so much. It's about history. And joining Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, and all things Hillsdale are collected at hillsdale.edu, is Professor Wilfred McClay. Wilfred M. McClay is the distinguished teaching fellow up at Hillsdale College. He is also the G.T. and Libby Blankenship Professor of History of Liberty at the University of Oklahoma. Professor McClay served for 11 years at the NEH, the National Council on the Humanities, as a senior member. His books include The Masterless, Self and Society in Modern America, The Student's Guide to U.S. History, and New, Land of Hope, An Invitation to the Great American Story. We are here to talk about Land of Hope, and we are joined as well by Kyle Mernon, who you've never heard before, even though he's the director of online learning at Hillsdale. So all of you who watch those amazing courses at hillsdale.edu have Kyle to thank for them. Good morning, all of you, and welcome, a special welcome to Dr. McClay. Welcome to the uh, to the, the Sausage Factory, as we call it. This is where we make radio, and, and I hope you enjoy the process. Uh, it's wonderful to be here, Hugh. Uh, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about Land of Hope, because we have long, those of us who have labored, as I have as a law professor with students raised on Howard Zinn, have long waited for the antidote. Yeah, well, it, it, um, uh, it's interesting. When I first began hearing talk uh, from people about um, the need for an alternative, it really happened around the time that the college board, you know, the people who administer the, all the advanced placement tests in the country, which is a sort of outrageous monopoly, but that's another subject, um, they changed the standards for uh, the advanced placement U.S. history exam. And um, <clears throat> they not only you know, dumbed them down in some ways, but they eliminated uh, stress on such trivial aspects of American history as the creation of the Constitution, huh. uh, and, uh, the figures, figures like James Madison and uh, a guy named George Washington. Um, seriously, this was, uh, and, uh, this was their, uh, their initial foray into this, and we, a lot of us were alarmed, or the group of us that got together and wrote a letter, a sort of open letter to the college board, uh, imploring them to uh, turn back from this. And um, and they did to a large extent temporarily, tactically, but I think we all could see that, um, that this was just tactical, and and uh, the this, the change in the standards for European history have been almost worse than what's happened to U.S. So, so around this time, it was 2014. You know, people start. I started hearing a lot of people talking about we need a new textbook. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, whenever I was asked about it, I would say, I agree, we need, need a new text. I hope you find someone who's willing to do it. <laughs> and and uh, I, uh, I finally succumbed uh, to Roger Kimball, who called me on a Sunday afternoon, a time when I had, you know, was, was utterly vulnerable to 
to his uh, his persuasions and uh, and uh, I agreed to do it and then I hung up the phone and said my god what have I done what have I done <laughs> but, and I'm land of hope is magnificent I've got to ask Dr. Arn at this point uh, to so that we don't embarrass the professor by having him say how hard it is how hard is it to do a good textbook Dr. Larry Arn well uh, good morning everybody uh, Good morning. Wilfred has made a major achievement. And uh, 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 books that are of an introductory nature can be the very best books or the very worst books. Yes. Because if they're good, Mm -hmm. then what they do is they tell you the basics as they are. And, you know, the first question is is not just the the introductory student's question or the introductory adult's question. It's Socrates' question. What is this thing? And so to identify that accurately, and then after that, not obscure the differences of opinion about the facts that come later, but also don't dwell on those. Mostly just say, what is it? So I'll I'll give you my favorite example. Uh, There's an argument about the meaning of the American Revolution. Were we just going to have the British system in almost all respects, or is this something significant? What did they fight for? And there's an enormous literature about that. Wilfred summarizes that in one paragraph, and then he, uh, he finishes with a quote from somebody who fought at the Battle of Lexington. Why did you go? And the man says, was it the stamp tax? And he said, never bought one of those, stacks, those, those stamps. And was it the tea? Didn't drink that tea. They threw it all in the harbor. What was it? And he said, they intended to govern us. And we intended to govern ourselves. It's just beautiful. And, yeah, it is. And, and it doesn't obscure, see, like Howard Zinn, it's a, it's a long rant of the American uh, Revolution scene from one side. 1619 Project by the New York Times is exactly the same thing. And it's a radical distortion carried through. Here in this book, you can read this book with confidence that you will know what the views are and that you can follow the train as it happens. Kyle Mernon, you are the director of online learning at Hillsdale College. You have produced this new wonderful video course. There are 25 lectures in it. We're going to cover that over three weeks, which means we've got to cover roughly two lectures per segment. We're already behind because of Larry's long-winded opening there. But I'm, I, it was a good opening. But I must say, uh, Kyle... Up, <laughs> Kyle, how uh, satisfied are you with this product? 24 lectures. Wow. 25 lectures. Yeah, it was remarkable and a lot of fun. We, we originally conceived of it as a 15-lecture series, but Dr. McClay came in and started taping the course, and it was so compelling that we extended Talk it. Talk about and, long-winded. You know, <laughs> 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 you know. Wind me up and I go. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, you know, Kyle, I, I, I know that you know this because I know this from the radio. You know within one minute whether or not the presenter or the interview guest is going to be good. Despite knowing that, I've had Larry on on him for seven years. But you know from one minute, how long did it take you to figure out, I've got something here with Land of Hope and Dr. McClay? Oh, as soon as he started. Um, and, and that's why we're so excited about this course. Um, so it was wonderful from the very beginning. And how long, Dr. McClay, have you known Dr. Arn, who, despite our exchange, is my friend? <laughs> how long have you known him? How long have you been working with Hillsdale? 
Oh, well, you know, being able to needle somebody is a sign of uh, the best kind of friendship. (laughs) Uh, Well, he probably doesn't remember meeting me, but I met him back in the mid-'90s when he was, uh, I think, running the Claremont Institute. Or, well, he was, whether he had the title or not, he was running things. And, uh, And Charles Kessler had invited me to come out and give a lecture on federalism to uh, to it was partly to his class and it was it was a larger group and anyway I I remember having um, nachos with Dr. Arn at uh, maybe it was the Claremont Inn or someplace in Claremont uh, and uh, and having a great conversation with him about Winston Churchill and uh, which of course is the subject about which he's preeminently uh, and and Martin uh, Martin Gilbert. With whom he'd worked, you know. Uh, so, uh, so I remember that. I, I, Dr. Arno, you probably don't remember that, but I, I do remember that. Of course, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, needle does not begin to accurately convey. I'm his acupuncture doll, Dr. McClay. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Arn, when you when you brought him up to Hillsdale, with what intent to teach history to uh, to the beginners or to teach them as they exited? Let me uh, just register how much I value our partnership. You're the one radio host in comparison to which I look really good. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, uh, this book is an answer to a prayer. We were getting ready to spend half a million dollars trying to put together a text, because there isn't one for high school. And then the very great Roger Kimball, a Hillsdale College parent, I might add, uh, he he, he snookered Wilfred into writing this book. And we heard of the book, and we put the thing on hold we were doing, and we got the earliest copy of the book we could get, and we read it, and we said, aha, this is the deal. And, you know, I'm intending, I, it's, it's not an accomplished fact yet, but I'm intending to take over Wilfred's life. Ah, excellent, <laughs> excellent. And I am intending that Land of Hope, via these three weeks and our Thanksgiving show, become the text for every homeschooler and every private school in America. Dr. Arn, is that not a good ambition for the book? Very much. And, and uh, you know, we have now, what do we have, 22 charter schools and two private schools under our command or control or influence. They're going to use this book. Land of Hope. The land. Stick around for the next three hours, America. It's the Hugh Hewitt Show, The Hillsdale Dialogue. Welcome back, America. It's the Hillsdale Dialogue on this Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving Day special. I'm Hugh Hewitt. My guest today, Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. Kyle Mernon, the director of online learning at Hillsdale College. All of the course offerings which we talk about that Kyle puts together available at hillsdale.edu. All of the Hillsdale Dialogues dating back to 2013 available at Hugh for Hillsdale. And Dr. Wilfred McClay, uh, who is a senior lecturer at Hillsdale College and the GT and Libby Blankenship Professor in the History of Liberty at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, Dr. McClay, I also teach con law and have for 25 years. And I always begin with my law students with a lecture called A Brief History of Nearly Everything that has within it the question, how did you get here? Uh, and, and that lecture takes two and a half hours because it's a trick question. How did you get here is both personal I mean, how did you actually get here? Which people brought you here? I got here via Switzerland, Scotland, and Ireland. And then there's an institutional. How did we get to this classroom in this republic with this set of laws? Most law students think history begins in 1803 with Marbury versus Madison. It's so wrong, but it's a problem that I think that is endemic to the lawyers and probably the other professions in America. Do you see that problem? 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I think that that uh, um, the, the 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 whole sort of complicated legacy of uh, the English British, you know, uh, uh, legal political system that you know the product of not not just the common law but the the uh, you know, the, the great wars that uh, and civil wars established uh, the the principle of a constitutional monarchy. You know, all these things, which are, you know, you can treat on the level of a succession of ideas, but they're also a succession of events. Um, they are, you know, they are concrete in character. And, uh, um, yeah, there's just very little knowledge of any of that. And so when did that disappear, in your view, from the standard curriculum that an American had to know to be considered an educated person? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, I think uh, if you look back at textbooks, say, in the early part of the 20th century, you know, up to the 1950s, I think you would see it represented, not always very well. Um, you know, one of the and textbooks, of course, aren't everything. One of the things we had, something very precious uh, that was scorned at the time, but we had a, we had a wonderful middle brow. You know, that's the term Dwight McDonald invented, but the middle brow culture of a very a decent and reliable and uh, uh, factual, but also exciting books. You know, the landmark series. Some of you uh, with with uh, with white in your hair <laughs> can remember those kinds of books uh, that were you know popular. Uh, Renditions of history. Uh, they were exciting. They were biographical. They were had, had strong narrative. I love uh, them. Thrust to them. I love yeah. them. And, I'm, and my hair is completely white, but I love them. They're gone. Doctor, uh, yeah. do, do you believe that that was intentional, or was that simply the marketplace? Well, uh, we have this phenomenon of everything in history, scientific history. Scientific history means. Yes isolating the process of history that causes things. And so the American Revolution is an episode. Uh, progressive thought in America is sometimes regarded as a happy episode. It's turned against it more recent. But both agree that it's an outmoded thing because everything in the past is outmoded. And so we look back on the past with something like contempt. And, uh, that's, and so they don't, you know, the celebration of... Some, but, uh, you know, who gets celebrated in history are people who are important to the advanced political causes of the day. And that means that they're not looking at the story as a real set of human experiences that reveal the human potentials. And so that's why it's disappeared. And they, they lose as a result not merely the thread of the story, they lose an inspiration to citizenship. 45 seconds, Dr. Arndt. That is the problem. That's right. Nothing more important than the yeah. teaching of civics in America today. And uh, the, you know, Civics has been decoupled from history, and that to the detriment of both. Uh, yeah. We could unpack that a little bit. We will. After that's, the that's break, that's, this is the short says Civics has been decoupled from history to the detriment of both. I will remember that. Write that down during the break. We will come back to that. Don't go anywhere, America. Civics has been decoupled from history to the detriment of both. I'm writing it down because I, gosh, I'm 63. I can't remember through a segment. Don't go anywhere, America. It's the Hillsdale Dialogue. Welcome back, America. It's Hugh Hewitt. The Hillsdale Dialogue this hour is the first of 
three hours devoted to the brand new book, Land of Hope, an invitation to the great American story authored by Wilfred M. McClay, the distinguished teaching fellow at Hillsdale College and the GT and Libby Blankenship professor. I love this. In the history of liberty at the University of Oklahoma, all praise to GT and Libby Blankenship. And may others endow a history of liberty chair at Hillsdale and other places because that's an interesting. Tell me about that chair, Professor, uh, uh, because that is a great name for a chair. Well, it is, and I, I, it, it wasn't created for me. It was created uh, by you know, Blanken, the Blankenships are a, a very distinguished family in Oklahoma. He was involved in politics, was the attorney general of the state for a while. And um, it, it was created for a man named Rufus Fears, uh, J. Rufus Fears, uh, who was a classicist and a legendary teacher those of your audience who know, I mean, I'll, I'll bet there are <laughs> a few a thousands, many thousands of listeners who know that name because he, he's the star of the teaching company. Um, oh, my goodness. The, 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 yeah, the outfit. He, he probably did 10, 12 courses, courses with them on everything from Churchill to uh, the history of liberty to uh, books that change lives. And uh, he, w- he was this uh, massive figure at, uh, at the University of Oklahoma. And uh, when he died, uh, I was uh, invited to, uh, to uh, uh, take his place. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, you never uh, want to follow. Which I have a, not a, done, a, but I... I <laughs> you never <laughs> want to be that place, guy. But, never take yeah. the job of a superstar, ever. Uh, it's a bad well, idea. And, and it, for the first year I was at Oklahoma, people, I would introduce myself and they'd say, oh, so you're the new Rufus. You've got big <laughs> shoes to fill, boy. So, <laughs> so, so Dr. Oren, do, very humbling. do you have a history of Liberty Chair at Hillsdale College? Uh, not with that name in it, but of course that's what they all are. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we need to find some donor out there to come up with a endow a history of liberty chair. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what we what we went to break about. Civics has been decoupled from history to the detriment of both. Doctor McClay, you said that in the last segment. What did you mean? Well, uh, a couple of things. I mean that the, the study of history, because, and as Dr. Arne said, it, you know, there's this pretense uh, that history can be a science. Um, there is a, a way in which those of us who are practitioners of, of the field, uh, in the field, that, uh, don't think about what we are doing as a discipline that's designed to have a formative effect on on young people, and, and particularly on the way they regard their membership in this society. And civics, you know, is, is uh, to the extent it's taught at all, uh, is not seen as a, uh, a, a discipline leading people into membership, into full uh, possession of, uh, of the, the, the story of America as part of their being. But um, it's sort of how the, how the bill becomes a law, you know, the sort of procedural stuff that uh, you describe your students as, as uh, in, in your con law courses as, as uh, partaking. That, that, that's, you know, citizenship is not just, it is about those things. Civics is about those things. You know, but it's th- also about attachment attachment to the land that is is yours that is a uh, a part of your life that is uh, and and that uh, and you te- we we train we should be training young people not just 
to know about their country, but to love their country. Now, that is and a fascinating, know, that's a radical claim that civics should have a formative effect. And, Dr. Arn, I think it would be uh, uh, quite controversial at the uh, Chronicle of Higher Education and in the gathering of the, uh, you know, the critical legal studies groups and all that. They, they would reject the idea. They would say that that is imprisoning, yeah. that, that, that formative effects are terrible. But, in fact, that's what we need. Yeah, for it to be controversial, it would have to be present. <laughs> you know we're we're long past that now. I mean, if you, if you look, uh, uh, we hire adjunct professors here sometimes, and if you're prepared to be a history professor at Hillsdale College, Hillsdale College is the place you want to be. And and they we can't hire them all, alas. And uh, if when they look for a job, there is no job. I mean, literally zero jobs advertised on an annual basis in America for somebody who just teaches the story of America. It's all now uh, race, gender, and class. And, uh, you know, so if you want to, you know, it's the same in classics, by the way. If you want to teach the Spartans, if you want to teach classics, you have the, the Spartans on race, gender, and class, and the Athenians <laughs> and the Romans, and everybody, see, that's all there is now. So, yeah, we've, yeah. and we've, it, the, the, the effect of that which pretends to be an effect to unite, in fact, fragments the society. Kyle, uh, when you were taping this, uh, a personal question, did you feel it had a formative effect on you? Oh, absolutely. It, to, to be able to listen to Dr. McClay tell the story of America and, and to weave that together in such a compelling way, it was, it was very informative for all of us uh, listening to it. And so, Dr. McClay, I, uh, the key question, titles matter a lot for anyone who's written a book. Uh, we, we, we labor over titles a long time. You call yours Land of Hope, uh, uh, an invitation to the great American story. I understand the subtitle. That's a welcoming. It's an ask. Yeah. Why Land yeah. of Hope? Well, because I think you can't really understand this country if you don't understand that it is, it, it is, it is, there's a fundamental aspirational element in it and and this is not just in in matters of principle it's also if we you look at the the story what you see is a succession of people coming to the western hemisphere coming to this continent uh out of a belief that uh that in some way and there can be religious motives there can be secular motives a lot of different motives but in some way that their lives are not tied to the conditions of their birth that uh, that they can become more, if given the opportunity, they can become more than what they were born into. That they're not not you know their 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 possibilities in life are not limited by that. I'm you know I'm I don't have to stay in the same you know little corner of Italy and be a butcher like my father was or whatever that I can or, or worse than that a peasant like my father was. But I can I can go across the seas and and uh, try my hand in a land of opportunity. Yeah, doctor, uh, that's it, the most uh, mythic. Version. Lecture two is called Beginnings. Lecture yeah. one, and these are the video yeah. lectures available at hillsdale.edu, which everyone can watch in the land of hope. You can get and give to your students and read for yourself. But it talks about Columbus. It talks about the hope of finding a trade route to the east. It talks about the importance of discovery. This is deep in the American genome. Yeah, 
I agree. I agree. And, I, and, I, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have uh, the word hope in the title. And, and uh, also, I think, it, you know, it, it, one of the things I do want to stress about this book is that I do not uh, white out, <laughs> this is a loaded phrase these days, but I do not, uh, I don't ignore or dismiss the negative aspects of our history. I, uh, I don't think people would be comfortable with a book that did that. I don't think they would feel persuaded by a book that did that. So I, I'm, I engage all of that. And I think there's a lot that, I won't say, I'm not going to praise Howard Zinn, but there's a lot that people on the left have contributed to our sense of, uh, of, of uh, our fallibility as a culture, uh, although they, they, they've, I think they've done it disproportionately. And they've missed well, this the, is interesting. the elements of triumph. I'll bet you there's no other radio show in America that has spent more time denouncing John C. Calhoun and the Dred Scott decision, <laughs> Dr. Arndt, than this one. I don't know that conservatives yeah. ever walk away from the scar that was slavery or the treatment of the Native American culture or the oppression of the people or, or de facto de jure segregation than people who are in love with liberty. I don't think anyone beats us at this. That's right. And see, the, let's say the love of Abraham Lincoln and of his message, or of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, that is what gives you the equipment to denounce John C. Calhoun. Because, you know, Jefferson himself, a slaveholder, uh, the Almighty has no attribute that can side with us in the contest between the master and the slave. The principles by which to condemn the evils of America, which, as Wilfred says, are manifold, that they are in the principles of America. And if you cut yourself mm-hmm. off from those, you're adrift. Uh, adrift, yeah. and you won't get back. You will not get back. So uh, very quickly, before we go to break, uh, Dr. Uh, Land of Hope, when did it publish? Where is it available? I know the video course is up at hillsdale.edu, uh, and, and these conversations are at Hugh for Hillsdale, but we're taping it originally in Valentine's Day 2020. It will re-air on Thanksgiving for as long as we're on the air. So my question is, where do people get it? Well, obviously they can they can get it at Amazon where everything is available. They they Barnes and Noble. I want to you know, say something. They they uh, had not only when the book was published. It was, you asked when it was published. Published in May of last year of 2019, uh, and. Uh, there, there, there will eventually be a paper edition. I, we don't know when, but uh, but Barnes and Noble has it in all their stores, uh, or at least they did, and I think it's still true. Uh, and uh, a lot of good independent bookstores have it. And uh, how long did it take uh, you to write? You can get it from Encounter Books, the publisher, at their website. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, I think. Uh, uh, it's not in airports yet. Okay. I've been checking. <laughs> how, how long did it take you to write this, Doctor McClay? Oh, a couple of years. Uh, it, it, it wasn't fast enough for Roger Kimball. Huh. But, uh, but you know, let me tell you, they, I didn't have anybody standing over my shoulder and and saying, "Hey, we want to read this chapter and make sure you are, you know, in line with uh, our doctrine on this." Uh, none of that. Not a bit. I was the freest author ever. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the four folks who do the, the big textbooks, I mean, they make a lot of money off of them, but they pay for it in uh, inability to look in the mirror because they're, they're really beholden to any interest group that comes along and, and says, if you don't include this, we're not going to 
support this for oh, that's so liberating. adoption in the state of uh, X. When we come back and we talk about the revolution of self-rule, I, I will salute again your self-rule in the construction of Land of Hope. Don't go anywhere, America. Dr. Larry Arn, Kyle Mernon, and Dr. Wilfred McRae are this week's guests on the Hillsdale Dialogue talking about the brand new video series at hillsdale.edu. Go there and enjoy it and, and come back for the next segment and the next two weeks. Welcome back, America. We are coming to the conclusion of the first hour of three hours devoted to the brand new history textbook, Land of Hope, authored by Dr. Wilfred McClay, presently lecturing at Hillsdale College, always at the University of Oklahoma. He joins Dr. Larry Arn, Kyle Mernon, who is the director of online learning, Dr. Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, all things Hillsdale, at hillsdale.edu. I want in this six-minute segment, uh, Dr. McClay, to talk a little bit about the revolution of self-rule. It's lecture three in the 25-part lecture series that you do. The colonists who came to America from Great Britain did not come with merely material goods. They brought with them a legacy. What was that legacy? Well, it was a legacy of, 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 of local institutions uh, that that embodied the principle of you know, the republican principle of of, of self rule and uh, yes they were subjects of the king and they thought of themselves in those terms initially and it's an it, but it's an interesting process that you know, part of what happens after the French and Indian War and when, when which you know Britain expends a tremendous amount of uh, treasure blood and treasure on the colonists. Part, and they sort of say, well, you know, you guys need to start paying for some of this stuff. And, and people say, well, wait a minute. We've always ruled ourselves, particularly in matters of taxation. Uh, and uh, there's not really a good way of doing it from, uh, from the locus of parliament. So um, that, there you have the table set uh, for a lot of what was to come. Is a, uh, yes, there are all kinds of other factors involved, but, that's a, but the question of who would rule uh, is is really central to that. And uh, American colonists were used to ruling themselves. That wonderful quote uh, that I end the the, the chapter with, uh, and and the this rather unvarnished statement from a man who had fought in the revolution said, you know, we'd always ruled ourselves. Yeah, and uh, in my con law and, class, and I'll I'll turn this to Doctor Arn. I always insist that we teach the beheading of Charles, and that we teach the glorious revolution of 1688. Because 1776 is not without memory in the colonist yeah. mind of rising. Do you agree that it's those are interconnected? Well, that's uh, Winston Churchill's great theme. He turned the Declaration of Independence into a source of unity with the British. Uh, the principles of the Declaration grew up on the banks of the Thames. And by it, we lost an empire, but by it, we preserved an empire. And, of course, the, the greatest statesmen of the age in Britain... Burke and Pitt were friends of the American Revolution. George III just made a mistake not listening to them. And, yeah. and was there a chance, was there a way that they could have avoided it by granting representation to the colonists in the Parliament, uh, Dr. McRae? The, Dr. McClay? You know, that's a great question. Oh, good. Yeah, Dr. Arne, you had something you want to say about that? Well, mostly just that uh, I don't think it was ever in us to be Canada. But we might have some of the constitutional arrangements of Canada if they had just behaved themselves. If you read the pamphlet in the beginning of the American Revolution, they, the, the early ones, they all uh, uh, expressed loyalty to the king. Right? It's been a good thing. You know? Why are you acting different now? What's this awful parliament doing? 
And so there was a, you know, they should have just responded to that. And they underestimated the, the, the difficulty of conquering, you know, a ragtag army for most of the revolution in such a huge place, right? It just, George Washington was very smart about that. So the king made a bunch of mistakes. Andrew Roberts is intending to write a biography, he tells me, of, uh, of George III. And oh, I my think goodness. That'll, Interesting. That'll be delicious because... I said, you know, you got to talk about what idiots those guys were. <laughs> Dr. McClay, do you think, could the, could the Brits have avoided it? I, I don't see how. I, but it, it, it's interesting. It's one of those things where uh, something comes to fruition at a particular time and the possibilities are limited. If we'd had you know, the transatlantic cable... <laughs> Uh, if transatlantic communications had been available, there might have been a way of holding to things together. But, you know, the, part of what was also going on is you have this deeply federative principle of uh, Anglo-American governance. Um, and, you know, we now use the word subsidiarity to talk about something very much like that. But, uh, uh, you know, there, there comes a crisis. The Civil War was a, a, an example of that, our American Civil War, uh, where uh, the, the, the federative principle has to have a final arbiter. There has to be a final say. And uh, with the, the, uh, the distance and uh, the inability of, to communicate uh, effectively across that distance, in that time, with that technology, I don't see that there really was a way. I think you, you establish in the hearts and minds of the American people that uh, over, you know, and we have to remember this, is, uh, this has existed for 150 years. Uh, this is not a kind of passing set of customs that they're trying to overturn. So, you know, uh, it's very, very difficult to dislodge that once it's uh, present in the hearts and minds of the American people. And the revolution uh, and would come. they start to think of themselves as a people. That's the other crucial thing, is when do Americans start to think of themselves as Americans and not just as British subjects in different places. We will come to that in the first segment of the next week's episode of the second hour of our Thanksgiving show. Don't go anywhere, America, except to hillsdale.edu. Go see Dr. Wilfred McClay's brand-new 25-part video series. It's available at hillsdale.edu. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, General Lissino. Have a great Valentine's Day or Thanksgiving Day. Whenever you're hearing this, it's the Hugh Hewitt Show.